Hello, and welcome to episode 52 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les James, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean McManaman. This week, Sean and I are discussing the topic of internal auditing, how to start an audit program along with the types of audits and the issues that come with performing an audit. So with that, let's go ahead and start the show. So Sean, how are you doing today? Good, Les. How are you? I'm doing fine. So you're back in California this week. You're not next to me. Uh, that's right. Yeah, not next to me. That was that was a week ago. So yeah, it seemed like real fast. Yeah. So this new app is 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 working out, but it definitely is a lot clearer whenever we're sitting next to each other. But you know, hey, you know, is what it is, right? Yeah, we'll go. I, I have gotten some feedback from some people that this does sound a lot better. It does or doesn't. It does. Then then the old days when we were going through going through Skype. Skype. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we thought this week that we would kind of dive into internal auditing. Um, so I know this is um, internal auditing is uh, something I've done quite a bit of in the past. Uh, I've gone through it in several, so to speak, job lifetimes. Um, I don't know, what about you, Sean? What's your involvement been in internal auditing? I would be a newbie at internal audits. Newbie? Yeah. Of course you know what they are. Of course I know what I am. And, and I guess when I say a newbie... I'm talking about implementing them. At, at previous okay. at previous uh, job lifetimes, I was in charge where internal audits were taken care of, and and I looked at it from a leadership side rather than an implementer. Right, implementer, okay. that wasn't that wasn't said properly. <laughs> As someone who was implementing, let me put it that way, uh, a system. We're not scripted. Uh, yeah, needless to say. So um, I guess the first thing we probably should touch on is, is why you would want to do internal auditing. Why would any organization want to take up the process of performing internal audits? And I guess the first easiest answer would be that if you're doing some sort of certification, such as an ISO 9001 or AS9100 or you know, any of those, they all require an internal audit program. But let's set that aside for a second and ask the question of, should everybody perform internal auditing? If so, why? Oh, I, I would love to, even even as a newbie or, or from the leadership side of the fence, yeah. looking at that. Um, the answer would be yes. Needless to say, otherwise we wouldn't have a podcast today. Um, <laughs> the second answer would be, would be that when I have a system, a process in place, and people are trained and working in that process, you need to have the, the leading indicators on how well the process is working. And I look at, mm-hmm. I look at internal audits as a leading indicator. You don't, you don't want to find out that your process doesn't work at some point after the beginning when a, a part of the, the, the product or the process is either stopped or wrong or you know broken. So let's, yeah. let's let's look at the process periodically with internal audits to get an indication of whether uh, there is a malady somewhere, you know, maybe somewhere in the process that you're seeing something that could that could be skipped or or slightly broken, but the outcome is is uh, where it's supposed to be. If you can find it proactively, then it's going to be much more beneficial to the organization. Right, and I think that. Um you know, certifications would be one reason, but but setting that aside, you know, there's a lot of other uh, uh, businesses or segments that um, 
really can benefit from performing internal audits just due to the fact that they all have customers, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and customers will a lot of times audit you. And so if you have some sort of internal audit program in place, your your external auditing is going to get a lot easier. So if you have, you know, customers that are coming in to evaluate your environment and you do not have a good process in place for performing internal audits, you're going to have issues there. Um, even down to, you know, healthcare, you know, you've got, you know, the patients who are your customers, um, they definitely want a process that works, <laughs> you know? So performing internal audits is that proactive activity that helps you ensure that you've got a process in place that performs well. It's well, just like when you were a kid in school and you had quizzes and tests, right? They're the, they're the, the checks and balances and the scorecards of where you are in the process. So using the analogy of being in school is, you know, what, what are you learning throughout the year? You take a test. So, right. so um, you know, basically you can, you can see internal audits as maybe the quizzes, the pop quizzes that happen. Yeah. So here comes the, the newbie question. So rolling it out. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. So rolling, rolling out an internal audit process. And, of course, it's like anything else. This is, this is the gimme part. you got to have a plan. But I would say that out of all of the uh, quality aspects or quality segments that I've done throughout my career, internal auditing is one of the hardest to roll out. Um, and the reason I say that is just because you're trying to get people in your organization to, one, do something that's outside their normal scope of work. So that's your first problem. And two, you're trying to get them to audit their peers, the people they work with, (laughs) you know, uh, and so that's difficult. So, and it gets even more difficult depending on the size of your organization, you know? So if you are a small organization and you all work together all the time, auditing those same people can be construed as awkward or not necessary or, you know, it's, it's, that's the challenge. So I think that's the first hurdle that you've got to get over is, is how do you roll internally, internal auditing out in your organization? So you have to have a plan. Right. And, and the plan and the plan should be heavily swayed towards the culture and, and that culture being that it's the process and not the people. So that's, yes. where, that's where it would be critical in this. And we've said it a couple of times on different podcasts where, you know, you don't, you don't criticize the, the person, you criticize the process. And here it would right. be much more powerful to make sure that people understand it is, it is the process and not them being bad people at work. Right. In the process. So, so culture is tremendous. Right. And I think the, the first thing you need to do and, you know, outside of the understanding of your culture is you've got to make sure you have somebody in the environment that has experience with doing internal audits. Uh, you've got to have somebody that can help people get through uh, the understanding of performing internal audits, get past things like being nervous, uh, learning how to ask questions, uh, learning how to keep people focused 
learning how to keep people focused on the process, uh, looking for things, hints as to uh, where your questioning is going. So there's a lot to understanding that. And I think that having, well, if you're going for, for a certification, you have to have at least one person that is trained in internal auditing to start off with. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you don't have, if you're not going through a certification, it would be wise to have somebody that's had at least a little bit of practice or, or some sort of training in, you know, performing internal audits. So you've got some sort of go-to person that can actually train, kind of do the train the trainers. Mm -hmm. So you need somebody that actually trained uh, people on how to perform internal audits. So that's the first place to start there. Right. And what you just said, really highlights what we said at the beginning is to have a plan. So it's not just have yeah. a plan, hey, we're going to do internal audits. It's really rolling out what are the questions, what are the areas, who are the people, and training right. them on how to do an internal audit and what and what is the outcome that you're looking for. You know? Right. You know, is the is the outcome is the outcome that, you know, everything is everything is followed. Of course it is. That that's the ultimate outcome. But is the outcome, you know, something that creates a, a, uh, a generation of new thoughts as well. You know, how can, how can you always think about improving? Um, I guess I don't want to get too deep into it because really, you know, the audit is just kind of observing and asking yeah. questions what's going on. It's really not a, a uh, it's really not. That's in fact, that's one of the pitfalls that you should yeah. train people to stay away from mm -hmm. is that continuous improvement activities should be handled in a different avenue. Yeah, I did that to set um, you up. That's why I said that. <laughs> you know, there's there's no doubt that um, um, asking questions and and making recommendations, as long as you don't go down a rabbit hole, right. is okay. But just don't go down the path of continuous improvement functions and activities while you're trying to perform an internal audit. It's it's a rabbit hole that you just don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to go down. Right, good point. Um, yeah. Um, I think, uh, so I think that training is definitely the first place to start. You want to, you want to pick a team of people that you feel can get you through an audit because one of the key components is, is that when you're performing audits, obviously those people can't perform, uh, audits of their own area mm -hmm. or the, or the process they're in. So if you have a technician that you've trained to do internal auditing, obviously you don't want him performing audits of, you know, shop floor technicians. If you've got a, you know, an engineer or, you know, a uh, sales guy that's trained in auditing, you don't want them to perform audits on sales or engineering. You want them to perform audits in other areas. Now, one of the hurdles, another, I'll bring up another hurdle. And I hear this all the time, but I don't know how his area works. I hear that all the time. And, and I try to teach them that you don't have to. You want to first do your homework and second be inquisitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go for that's, it. That's what you want to be. Um, you want to uh, make sure you do your prep work. So, you know, there's usually when you have a, an, an audit uh, tool such as a form and a checklist and all that kind of stuff, you want to make sure you go through and read their procedures, read their documentation. Uh, take a look at what the standard says if you're auditing to a standard, um, and then create yourself some questions before you even go into the audit. And so one of the things I do during the training is I give them example questions. So here's some example questions you can ask. And, of course, their first audits are always going to be very 
stoic and simple. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in other words, I think of it as an onion. They're going to be asking questions on that outer, outer layer. Don't expect them to be drilling down to the core right off the bat. <laughs> you know, they're just not going to. You know, a technician coming in and auditing the engineering function, it's going to be all new to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they have no idea what those guys do in there. And, and so that's their first concern. So, so as a trainer, try to get the trainees past the fact that they have to know everything there is to know about the process. Act like you're a new employee needing to learn the process. Yeah. That's, that's the approach. And be a good scribe so that you can write down what you are learning and then, and then that can be checked against the standard right. the procedures. And of course, if you're auditing to a standard, make sure you understand the standard, right. you know, because that's really what you're trying to focus on first is, is the organization meeting the requirements of the standard? If they're not going for a standard and you performing internal audits, then you're auditing to their procedures and that's it. So if their procedure says they do it this way, you're auditing to make sure they do it that way. Mm-hmm. And of course, you're going to come across things where you look at it and go, why the heck are you all doing it this way? Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, as an auditor, right. you keep it professional and you don't go down those rabbit holes. You don't question at that time. You know, now you know it's okay to make some notes and maybe turn it into their leadership and say, you know, hey, just some areas I thought you might be interested in, you might want to take a look at, but that is not something you want to discuss during an audit with, with, you know, the rank and file. Right. Because you want them to do what they, they would normally do. You don't want them to be second guessing what they normally do, thinking that they're going to try to do something that is, now here's the air quotes, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing is taking this whole thing serious. Absolutely. You know, you, you, you brought that up earlier and, and, uh, you know, um, that can actually can be a challenge, you know, and then there are times when you have to wonder if you've got the right people performing the audits, you know, did you pick the right people to do it? Did you train them well enough? And one of the things that I'm trying to, and I'm actually going through some internal auditing now. And one of the things I'm uh, trying to do is actually when they're doing the audit, um, actually, um, shadowing them. So now there's a little bit of danger to shadowing, because they, you know, kind of look to you and, you know, rely on you a little yeah, bit. You're asking the question the right way, you know. Yeah, I'm looking at you. So, you know, there's, there's a, there is a balance there. So I've told them, if you feel like you want me to shadow you, I'll, I will. If you don't, give it a shot and we'll see what your output looks like. Mm-hmm. But if you hand me a blank piece of paper after your audit, I'm going to know yeah. <laughs> it didn't go so well. <laughs> because there's lots of opportunities. There's lots of things to focus on and you know, we're a long ways from being best in class or anything like that. So, right. That's the way people should look at it. You know, we, we are doing this to check on, on what we do. And and then, like you said, we improve that later, but you have to, you have to go both ways on, on the training, the people that are being audited, they can't intimidate the auditor, you know, with an internal audit, you know, they think, okay, not a big deal because it's one of my colleagues. Right. Um, so, so, you know, in taking it seriously, they have to, they have to make sure that they don't skip steps because they can just say, well, you know, this is the way I feel it. And we'll get to the end. Yeah. You know, so. Right. We'll just hurry up and I'll write some stuff down. Exactly. You sit here for five minutes and have a cup of coffee. You know, the other hard part about performing the audits is that famous word of objective evidence. 
You know, you got to find some objective evidence when you're asking these questions. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the show me state. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. You know, so you fill out a, what form? Oh, that form. Yeah. Okay. Can you show me one? Show me a blank where you get the blanks and show me one that you filled out. Right. Show me a record. Right. Yeah. You know, a, after one's completed, you know, so, so, you know, getting the auditors to actually ask those types of questions. You know? Yeah. And to think down uh, the line of questioning, you know, just, right. Yeah, like you said, drill a little deeper in the, into that. Right. And of course, you know, uh, there's a whole series of questions you can ask that are generic. And then there's a whole series of questions you can ask that are process specific to, you know, if you're auditing the engineering group, you can ask questions about, about revision control or, you know, st- documentation storage, or how do you define your, um, you know, your product, mm-hmm. you know, how do you get your requirements for the design? You generate a part number and not duplicate one. Yeah, you know, that's sore spot in my mind. Uh, it sounded like that one was mm-hmm. uh, 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 close to your heart yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> so um, the other question we had written here was um, how often you should perform these audits. Right. So I know for us, we'll be we'll be going through these audits at least. We'll be going through these different processes at least one time a year at, at a minimum uh, is what we've got them scheduled at now. But I think that really comes down to your organization and kind of where you're at as to how often you need to uh, audit something. If you if you've audit, audited something and you found lots of things to work on or improve, and um, you need to make sure that all of that has been implemented, it might be time for another audit soon after that. You know, so I think you you can't really. S- just make the blanket statement. I'm going to do two a year in each process right. or one a year. You need to have some flexibility there because there's some processes, you know, you really just need to kind of touch once and, and move on because you know, they're functioning. Don't waste your time. So here's, here's you know. a question for you. When you are at different stages of implementing new processes, say, say uh-huh. if you go to an organization, they really don't have quality processes. When, when, should you do that first audit? You know, when the process is is written down, you've got all of the um, process diagrams, the quality manuals written, you've got work instructions and everything, all the documents that we talked about last week. Do you let that sit for a little while? So, so yes, I have I have a good answer for you. Right. It's a twofold. It's a twofold answer. That's what we're paying for. That's right. <laughs> so twofold answer here. So if you're going for a certification, and I keep going back to that because there are different requirements and different demands, but if you're if you're going after a certification, most certifications are going to require you to perform one full audit of your complete system along with a, a post-management uh, uh, review before you get certified. Okay, so they're going to require you to have a full audit complete, along with a management review before you actually get your certification in place. So that's that's one thing. If you're not worried about a certification, then um, my opinion is is that you you get the processes procedures in place. You speak with leaders, you, the leaders of each of those areas, to make sure that they've said air quotes the processes are in place. You let it stew for a certain amount of time, a month. I wouldn't go longer than a month if people aren't catching it after catching what they need to be doing after a month in their particular departments. 
then you've got a very broken set of stuff. And then you perform the audit. Mm. And you will still find things. Oh, yeah. If you're, if you're doing a good audit, you're still going to find things. But I think the other thing we need to make clear to everybody is that, and, and I, 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 uh, I, I say this with um, good intentions, <laughs> in, in that you want to find things during an internal audit. People need to say exactly what they're doing, and the auditor needs to ask a lot of good questions, and you should be finding lots of things during your internal audit. When you don't want to find a lot of those things is when? During a customer audit or an external audit. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Internally, you want, to, yeah, you want to get all the bugs out. You want to get most of your bugs out. Not that you have to be perfect, but you want to make sure you get most of the bugs out. Also, I tell people that they sh- when you're in- performing internal audits, the audit person being audited should be open and upfront and you know talking about how things are working and stuff. When you're getting audited externally, you should be like you're on the jury, yes, no, yeah. <laughs> and and you say exactly what you do. You don't. You know, embellish, just answer the question. Yeah, just answer the question and move on. Right. You know, don't don't go into the details. Just you know, answer what he asked. Yeah. You know, and so that's that's a little little challenging sometimes because you do have people that like to you know talk, and then of course you've got people that don't like to say a word. Right. Well, and, and the thing <laughs> yeah. is, ultimately, the people that do like to talk, as long as they babble on about the right things that they do all well and good. You know, in many cases you don't want somebody to say something wrong. You just don't want them going down the rabbit trails that, that spark another question (laughs) into the auditor's mind. (laughs) Right. If your process is good, you shouldn't be afraid. But, but we all know that perfection was only performed by one person. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) We can get into a religious conversation here. Um, You know, so, and, and I will promise you, um, it's almost like art too. You know, the perfect process is in the eyes of the beholder, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, some of these auditors will kind of go down paths that they really don't even need to be going down, but they got sitting down that path due to what somebody said. And then you get into a debate. Mm-hmm. And when you get into debates of gray areas as to how the standard reads or how your procedure reads, it just gets messy. That's not. That's the place to avoid if you can. Okay, and, and, and I'm really glad you is. went there because that was that was another area that yeah. that I wanted to bring up. And that probably every auditor out there is going, "Oh my goodness, what is this guy saying?" Now he knows. Well, you know, that, and that's the thing. Is it a standard? To me, a standard is there's no sway in it. You know. So, so you're telling me that there's an interpretation. You live in a fairyland world. Yeah, there's there's an interpretation of the standards. So, what is the tolerance? So, what happens is these standards are a lot of times are written to cover so many business types. So you can get in, you can get into, you know, gray discussions as to what was intended and how far the procedure should go. So you always have to go back to what was the spirit of the standard trying to make sure of. And that's the question you got to ask yourself. What was it trying to make sure of it? In, in this case, it was uh, trying to make sure that, you know, bad product didn't get into the hands of, you know, the manufacturing group, you know, so do you have something in place to mitigate that? 
you know, can you answer a resounding yes? Mm-hmm. If so, show me objective evidence. Yes, there you go. <laughs> and, and, and so the, it is pretty good that there are, there are steps to go down based mm-hmm. on, based on the interpretation of right. the standard. And, and, you know, if you're not going for a, a certif- certificate certification, sorry, mm-hmm. you, you're still going to try to emulate some kind of standard. So you should, you know, you're going to, you're going to understand that. So at least, at least, okay, here, this is the next question I had. Is there a discussion with an auditor before an audit on your interpretation of the standard and why things are the way they are? Well, yes, there is. Um, In fact, in in our audit, we had kind of a stage one, so to speak, a prep audit and he kind of helped guide us, which helped us understand, you know, where he's at and where he's thinking of things. You know, it kind of helped us realign to what we needed to be doing. And so that's going to help us in our in our stage two audit um, uh, get closer to where he's thinking on different things. The way we had it set up the first time was not necessarily totally wrong, but also it wasn't where he believes the standard uh, is at. So, yeah, you get into those discussions. So, so you've got to kind of – Baseball players, the strike zone moves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It can. Yeah. You know, there, there's no doubt about it. I think that – I think also it depends on where you're at in the life cycle of your of your auditing process and your, your business excellence. If you're starting out – the auditor is going to do the same thing that you did as your internal audits. He's not, hopefully he's not going to, you know, go for the throat right when he comes in and takes a company that's first starting out and start asking questions that are at the center of the core. You know, hopefully he's going to work his way to the center of the core, you know, uh, by performing those, those, um, you know, other stage audits and then full audits, you know, the next year around based on how deep he went the first time, you know, and he'll peel back, he'll peel back that onion deeper and deeper each time. That's, that's what my experience has been. He hasn't, they usually don't try to fail you right off the bat unless you are just not in any sort of shape at all. Yeah. Yeah, Unless you're just totally incompetent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So get back in, getting back to, to internal audits and, and Mm -hmm. not these external guys that move the strike zone. Um, yeah. (laughs) So the benefit is checking on the process. Okay. The, the thing that I find to be as important as doing the audit is what you do with the information you gathered in that audit. And how fast yeah, kind of, you do something with that. Kind of the feedback and the results. Right. Yeah. Just like you have you a know. corrective action plan for a product or, or you know, your, your process. So this, this process has has the follow-on information of a debrief and then separate meetings and, and uh, analysis in order to fix the issues that were brought up during the internal audit. Yeah, and the outcome of, of audits tests one of your processes and that is your non-conformances and your corrective and preventive action activities. So whenever you complete an audit, you're going to load those into your non-conformance process and you're going to start addressing them just like you would um, a continuous improvement opportunity Mm -hmm. or or a non-conformance that you found of a supplier or something like that. You're going to address those items. You're going to put together a plan. There's going to be somebody that's going to own it. Uh, and then drive it to completion. 
Um, so the outcome of an audit actually tests part of your process, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, making sure that those audits get back to the people that are involved in them. Uh, and then also depending on what type of findings, some are easy to fix. Some would be considered that low-hanging fruit type activities, you know, quick, quick fix, quick change, train a few people and you're done. Whereas others might be a revamping of a process and you've got to go through and map it out. You've got to change some forms. You've got to change some documentation. You've got to retrain some people. And it takes a little bit more time. Um, usually on nonconformances found during an audit, you usually have, I, I want to say it's usually 30 days to turn in something as a plan and then 90 days to complete it unless you need an extension. And usually three months is long enough to fix most problems if if your plate's not full of a ton of problems. Right, and and uh, you know that that type of a time period is good to also make sure that it's understood that it's an important part of the job to get these nonconformances fixed. Right, and it's, it's, right. You know, just there there should be a time frame on it so that it doesn't be forgotten. Yeah. I think the uh, last thing we should touch on um, is the types of audits you should perform or you can perform. Uh, definitely process-based audits is probably the most important. Um, so you're, you're actually auditing the different processes that you've defined as part of your quality system. So if you have a order acceptance process, if you have an engineering process, if you have a purchasing process, those processes can be audited within kind of a you know, a, a scoped or a bound scenario, you know, and you, you hand uh, the paperwork to an internal auditor and say, hey, you're going to audit the, the purchasing process. So you need to read the purchasing procedure and look at what the standard says about purchasing, and then you need to pick a few people and talk to them, mm -hmm. you know. So the other thing is, is auditing of product. Uh, you can do that. Uh, and then uh, you can actually break aud audits down into smaller chunks and I've heard it called several different things throughout my career, but um, uh, layered auditing, where you're actually picking very specific items, and usually layered auditing is like a 10 to 20-minute audit performed by uh, just your peers even uh, that actually audit a very specific set of tasks. I wouldn't suggest getting into layered auditing until you kind of get your organization kind of straight and pretty close to where it needs to be. You know, yeah. and then, there's the, and then there's, you start fixing. There's a lot of intertwining, auditing. right? There's a lot of intertwining yes, when, when you get to layered audits. You know, the different mm -hmm. the different levels in the organization as to what. Yeah, I would not start with layered auditing. I would start with getting your processes uh, clear and and making sure that you've got everything in place to from a process standpoint. I would also make sure that you've got a good supplier audit program in place. We didn't really touch on that because that's really a whole different topic of supplier auditing. Mm -hmm. This is internal auditing only. But uh, And then later on, you kind of think about layered audits. And we'll probably touch on those other two topics on another another date. But um, uh, so I think types is, you know, important. Yeah. So, um, so I guess to wrap this up, I think that we both agree that internal auditing should be something that any organization should perform, no matter what you're doing, where you're at in your business life cycle, no matter whether you're going after a certification or not. I personally think this is something that, that leadership 
should try to build into their organization uh, just so you can know that you have something in place that is is worthwhile and is running correctly all the time. Right. It's just like I said, so it's a quiz on the curriculum. Yep. Anything else you want to touch on? Uh, other than that, you, there was one other topic that we had in our notes that uh, I don't think we, we touched on, but I'll just address it quickly. Okay. Is the time taken to do audits outside of their day job. We didn't talk about oh, that, did we? No. no okay. No. We touched on it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Other than the fact that, you know, the one of the summing blocks for people is the fact that, you know, you're adding on yeah. this additional set of duties to their responsibility. Right. But you're right. Say there's an upturn the in work. Stuff. Yeah, there's an upturn in production and everything like that. And you're taking these same production people and saying, okay, now, you know, Mr. or Mrs. production person, go audit engineering. And they're like, yep. don't you want production done? You know, so, yeah. you know, that's that's something there that has to be. At. Yeah, there has to be an understanding across the organization and across leadership that auditing has value. Yes. If you don't have that, you're right. You're, you're going to constantly have that battle and and that problem. So people have got to understand that it's OK to take 30 minutes to an hour or, or a half a morning to perform an audit. You know, maybe an hour to do your prep work and paperwork, an hour to perform the audit and an hour to close it out. You know, uh, but, you know, getting people good at it and used to doing it, uh, you know, it does take a little while. So there's an investment there. There's a there's a curve there where you get a little worse before you get a little better at performing internal audits. That's where leadership plays a huge role because leadership has to understand that and not not be wishy-washy on the need. Yeah. Say, okay, well, you know yeah. what? We were supposed to have an audit, but pass on it today because we're too busy. Yeah, push it till next month. Right. Yeah, it's not gonna work. No. No. yeah, it's 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 gonna not help your culture yeah. any. That's right. Well, with that, why don't we go ahead and uh, wrap this one up? We will uh, uh, enjoy talking to everybody next week. <laughs> All right, see you, Les. Bye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Man versus Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And by the way, you can also drop us a line from the message page. Again, thank you and have a good week.